Welcome to the Superhero of Love podcast. I am Bridget Fonger. I wrote a book called Superhero of Love, Heal Your Broken Heart and Then Go Save the World. That book is going to be out in January 2019, but I didn't want to wait until that time to start talking to superheroes of love. And guess what? Here's the news. You are a superhero of love. And through talking to other superheroes like yourself, tapping into that little superhero inside of you, I'm hoping that you and I and all of us start feeling more and more like superheroes of love, meaning that we love and are loved more than ever before. So welcome. Let's get this party started. Welcome, superheroes. We are here today with Sister Dr. Jenna, who is joining me via the interwebs uh, from Washington, <laughs> D.C., and I am in Los Angeles in my home office. Sister Jenna is a spiritual leader, an author, a radio and TV personality, and I was just on her radio show a couple weeks ago. She's a renowned speaker and the founder of the Meditation Museum in Maryland and Virginia, which we have to talk about. She serves as one of the evolutionary leaders in service to conscious evolution and was selected by Empower a Billion Women 2020 as one of 100 most influential leaders. She's an advisory team member of the Million Mamas Movement, Conscious Good Media, and Global Women's Network. I could go on and on. She was also a principal partner at, at OWN, at Oprah Winfrey Network. We could literally take an hour to just introduce you to your miraculous wonderfulness. <laughs> Thank you, my dear. Om Shanti, everyone, and happy 2019. And I'm so glad to be starting the year off with all of you because now I feel like we're and we've entered into the year of empathy, love, power, compassion. That makes us into superheroes. Empathy, love, compassion, compassion, compassion. Yeah, all of uh, these qualities are needed now because if you really want to be ahead of the game and if you really want to be the star of the show, you're going to have to emanate some good qualities right now. You're going to have to pony up the good qualities. Let's start with that because I want you to give us your advice about how we can walk into this new year. I don't know if you were watching social media last night and this morning. I'm actually talking to Sister Jenna on the 1st of January, on the very first day of 2019, <laughs> the day that my book was born and she just blessed my book for me. Watching social media this morning and last night, almost to the one, everyone is saying, thank God 2018 is over and what a horrible year 2018 was and let this be a different year. And many of them remarked about the anger and the heat of, of our hearts in 2018. Yeah. So as we, how can we, we can't just say, oh, let's make it better. So please, with your, I'm so happy that we're talking to you to begin the year to hear your wisdom on how we can become more empathetic, more compassionate, more loving. I think we have to move our lives to maybe the age of 90, sitting on a porch, rocking on a chair. What does my 90-year-old life look like? And when you look at the current times, you would look at it with a lot more wisdom, understanding, acceptance. And I emphasize in bold acceptance because the acceptance is like, what are you going to do about it other than 
if you have a role to play in it, if you have a part in it, where um, let's say if I work in the White House uh, and I have an opportunity to make a difference, then I should. But let's say I live in Thailand or in Bangkok and I hear what's going on in America and I'm getting heated and it's just disturbing my spirit. It could just weigh me down because I'm not even thinking of doing anything to help whatsoever. However, everyone, one of the ways that we can definitely contribute to the current times of the world is to never underestimate the power of your thoughts and your thinking. So whether I'm at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue or mm. I'm in Bangkok, Thailand, um, if your emotions feel bruised, if your anxiety is increasing, if you're feeling a little bit frustrated, angry, or afraid, those emotions are triggering to you that you need to raise the quality of your thinking and the quality of your visioning because if you stay there it's just going to keep you in pain and that's what happened to us i think a lot especially in 2017 is when we were like shocked and then in 2018 the shock just didn't stop it went into awe like what is this and so 2019, I think we're trying to move into now a year. Okay, now we're aware this is what's going on. Now what are we going to do? And the first thing I think we should do is to focus on our thinking. What you think will stimulate the way that you feel. So if you're watching things that has a lot of negative thoughts in it, you're going to feel negative. So in 2019, if you want to raise your empathy, raise your compassion, raise your love, raise your kindness, you're going to have to pay attention to your thoughts so that they're not judgmental or critical. And how does, you know, a lot of people have the idea, or have had the idea for many years maybe, that they've wanted to start meditating, but they don't know where to go. I just had a friend over the other day, and she was like, there's so many types of meditation, I don't know which one to do. And um, I know that meditation has helped me with my thoughts and I just upped my meditation game to double what it was previously for this year. Tell us you are the queen of, let me just remind everybody what her, 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 um, her radio show is called America meditating. Just need to say that one more time. You are the queen of, of America meditating. So let's get America meditating. Tell us what you would, some of your tips on getting started. I think everybody has that. I think everybody has to pay attention to what they sense intuitively will work for them. Not all types of meditations um, are for everyone. The kind of meditation that I teach and practice is the teachings from the Brahma Kumaris in Raj Yoga. And that meditation is about creating thoughts that are connected to a higher vision of the self having a very sacred, deep connection with God and being very engaged in the philosophy of karma where there's service. So that's a whole different type of interpretation of a meditation because especially in America, we always say you just have to sit there and empty your mind. And here in the Brahma Kumai's teachings, we're like, no, 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 no. You can't empty your mind. It's not possible. Once the soul is in the body and the soul has karmas and memories of the past as living a life why do you want to empty that what you might 
trying to say is that I would like to stop thinking thoughts that are wasteful, negative, or from my past or too much in my future. Can you help me with that? So when you enter into any meditation practice, I think that's what people should look out for. You know, as I'm sitting to practice this meditation, is it going to help me to break the attachments to my past or my expectations of my future? Because I know I can't empty my mind, but I do want to think about thoughts that will help drive my story forward for me and for all of humanity. So anyway, despite that, that's our way of teaching meditation here. Um, some steps that you can take about meditation. Meditating. First, I want you to not have any expectations in your <laughs> attempt to meditate. First thing, just don't expect that when you sit to meditate, you're going to have a Buddha experience. The second thing I'd like you to practice is aim for just one minute of meditation. Don't go for five minutes, don't go for 10, don't go for 20, don't go for an hour, don't go for a three-day silence retreat, you'll go crazy. Just, just try, just try one minute of meditation a day. And, and once you start to feel comfortable with how your energy is getting aligned, then automatically feel and say to yourself, I think I can do two. Then the third thing is that I think it's important for you to start with where you are in terms of how you're feeling. Example, when someone asks me nowadays, you know, Sister Jenna, how are you? I go, it's a good season. Mm. And so I'll start from that place to honestly convey to the other person in front of me how I am. Now, when it's a bad season, I'll also tell them. So mm. if somebody asks me, Sister Jenna, how are you? I go, I've had better seasons. It's not such a good one. That's beautiful. Yeah, even in being that transparent and honest with your own inner dialogue is a form of meditation. Because your soul, which is sitting behind your eyes, it needs to hear you tell it, well, what's going on with you, honestly? So, so speak your truth. Speaking your truth is right. calming to the soul. Isn't that something? Mm-hmm. So to be able to, you know, not have expectations, one, second, just take a minute. Don't force yourself to do half a day. And then the third is to really start from where you are and be honest enough to begin engaging in conversations with people very, very honestly. That's one. And then the second thing is to be able to have a conversation with yourself very honestly. That's number two. Um, the fourth thing is try to keep your environment very in order and, and uh, keep the things around you that you value the most and things that are very sacred. Because when your eyes take a look at them, you have no idea how it's snapping a picture of a moment or a memory or something that meant a lot to you. Another thing I would recommend that you do is to keep your dial or your, or your, your smartphone or your Spotify um, programmed to American Meditating Radio so that you can keep listening to all the great shows. I'm telling you, you listen to all the conversations. You're like, wow, that was good. Wow, I learned from that. Wow, that was deep. So in other words, look for programs that you can turn to that continue to feed the soul. Stop feeding the soul with a lot of wasteful information. And um, the last thing I would recommend is do small acts of good in your immediate environment. And good act can be, let's say if you're in a household of kids and a husband and they expect you to always wash the dishes, right? And you, mm -hmm. and you decide that, you know, um, 
you see your mother's the one who's always washing the dishes, for example, and you go to the sink and you see the dishes are piled up, just wash two or three for mom. Oh, just, just do small acts. Yeah, just do small acts and you start to feel a little bit better about yourself. All of these are simple techniques that you can use to learn to meditate more. I love that because they are so simple. So it's baby steps. Um, a few things that you awakened in me. One is that when you said tune yourself to America Meditating Radio, <laughs> tune, your, tune yourself to the things that are going to fill your soul. I realized that since the um, election that I grew more and more addicted to news and I never was a news person. I never used to have on MSNBC, you know, and, and I, and so I'm going to, that's, that's going to be a new resolution for this year is to, um, to, to watch. Turn off Rachel Maddow. <laughs> <laughs> I love Rachel Maddow though. I love her so much. What um, happens is that we are wired to have our fear fed. Mm, mm. And, and because we haven't done the higher quality of work over a long period of time, the, the, the age that we're in and the vibration that we're surrounded by is very addictive yeah. without us even knowing that it's playing on all of our lower vibrational frequency. And right. it comes to a point in time that gets exhausting and then we go, that's enough, that's enough, and you can feel it. And so, yes, it is good to turn it down, to reduce it, and to recognize they're trying to trap me, aren't they? They're really making it so fear-based that they grab my attention because mm -hmm. it's drama you can mm -hmm. only watch so much positivity until you're bored half to death but if you're <laughs> but if you're watching stuff that are like oh my god what happened to this one and this one did what did he do now oh my god don't tell me he just did that is <laughs> that it's playing on you I just realize that like my cells vibrate at a different rate also mm -hmm. there's something about my whole i just had this vision of myself watching it and seeing the truth that it's really not good for any cell in my body to be doing yeah. that. Um, the other thing that you uh, awakened in me was when you said, when, when somebody asks you how you are and you talk about the season, I love, that is so beautiful. And the, I was just editing last night the, the podcast that's going to go up this Thursday, and it was with the um, author of a book called Struck, Doug Siegel. And he was talking about, how we have to come up with some other way to ask how, you know, like we ask, how are you? And he said, like, are we, do we really care? And he said, we have to come up with a new way of asking, but I love your new way of responding. And also he brought up this thing that's happening in England right now for men, which is ask twice, ask how, how are you? No, really, how are you? You know, like if you really want to know, then it may take that second one to find to engage with the person and find out. But then we have this discussion about do we really want to know? <laughs> really, my wife just left me. I da da da. da. <laughs> but again, the seasons because seasons change. Can I tell you that there's something so beautiful about this time, everyone? It's like the intensity and the tragedy and the crisis is actually moving us deeper into our truth and our divinity. And it almost feels like we're being given a, a choice. Do we serve the light or do we stay, you know, floundering in the dark? 
And um, that's what's making this time so powerful. And I think it's important that we really celebrate what it means and what it's offering. It is nerve wracking because we have to be ready. And spiritually, we don't feel completely ready yet. So what, what I think we are all trying to do, each and every one of us, now with your new book out, you know, I mean, I think all of us are just trying to be the best person that we can be for ourselves and for humanity. And that's what these times are offering. And that's where I think we really need to look at the horror that we're watching as an opportunity to say, oh, well, I'm not, I'm not going to stay weak. You know, you look at the superheroes, right, Bridget? You look at mm -hmm. Superman. The only time he got weak is when he was near kryptonite. Mm -hmm. Right. But he, but he would face the evils and the darkness and he would face the demons and he would be like, I know who I am and I have my superpowers. However, I have to fight. I'm going to fight it. And I think that's where we are. So that's once, my, yeah, my book is that we all have a superhero of love inside of us who can love and be loved. Right. To the, to the ultimate degree. We all have that inside us and we just have to, help that grow. Yeah. And you see, I think that if we keep the kryptonite in, that's what's holding us back. And right. I, I look at kryptonite based on an acronym that I use all the time called algae. A for anger, L for lust, G for greed, A for attachment, and E for ego. That's my kryptonite. And when that qualities in my consciousness or in the quality of my thinking, I'm not my strongest. So the more I can move that vibration out of my personality, then I can feel that I can deal with anything that comes in front of me. And I think that's what you definitely attain when you practice different forms of meditations or Raj Yoga or get onto a spiritual path and get into your spiritual zone and begin to raise your emotional intelligence because the world is going to need that from each and every one of us now. So we've had we've had an increasing number of tragedies, um, one invoked by nature um, around the globe, and the other um, by man with guns, mass shootings. So it seems like I, I remember I'll never forget that in Los because I live in Los Angeles we had the mass shooting, and the very next day the fires began. And it was like, you've got to be kidding. So we were, we all, that was a call for all of us to rise to our highest heights. But when you're confronted by tragedies, can you give us, tell us your tips on how you would, how you meet those? Well, I do recommend to everyone, get your business in order now. Get your insurance, your 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 wills, your life, everything in order. That is important. Even we have a, a bag that's just packed. And I tell the family, if you need to go, just take this bag and we have everything that we need. Okay? Yeah. So remember that. The second thing is to have those people that you can turn to. Make sure you have your go-to people that you can talk to for best advice, comfort, things that are really going to be needed during a moment of crisis. Um, third and most importantly, and it's something that I recommend highly, is to get accustomed to silence, inner silence, not mental silence, not physical silence. But start to practice a routine of, of amplifying, turning up your internal silence, which can only come when you reduce your waste of negative thinking. And I'll tell you why. When we're in a moment of crisis or tragedy, What's needed is for the intellect, the soul, the awareness of the soul, 
to have a, a very um, clear ability to catch the direction, to catch the right thought, to say, go left, don't go right. It's like when your intuition is really sharp, you're able to really catch the right signals. Mm. And so I think if we practice now to really, really pay attention that we're not feeding those wasted negative thoughts. And if you're not clear on what those are, remember the three C's, comparison, criticizing, and complaining. And if you begin to reduce those C's from your narrative, from your mental state, you'll start to feel like there's more room in the soul. And that means you can definitely feel more, sense more. And so I, I really recommend that get your stuff in order, one. Second thing, make sure you have some go-to people, people who make sense that you can call. Don't call people out of, out of just, you know, your in panic mode and you don't know who to call, have those right numbers there down for you that you can turn to, whether it's a neighbor that's, um, I know a guy who worked for the government and he's all into disaster management. And so he'd be the guy that I'd be like, what do we do now? Mm -hmm. you know, go here, go mm -hmm. here, go there. So you want people who know what's going on because you don't want to waste your time and get yourself stuck in something. And then the third thing, again, as I was emphasizing, is the importance of your mental silence. It has such a powerful capacity of purity and intuition that you can just sense it's time to go. The animals, when there's any natural calamities coming, they know where to go without you telling them. We literally have to wait <laughs> to be told where to go to high grounds. They already know. Right. So it's because they have a level of inner silence that they can sense the earth is rumbling or some of the winds are blowing differently and they go to safety. So I recommend very simple steps. I'm not into trying to compete with all those great speakers in the world who are intellectually savvy and know exactly how to, you know, woo you. I just think basically have common sense, be very practical and mean what you say. Hmm. Integrity. Mean what, yeah. Mean what you say to yourself and to others. Say what you mean. Mean what you say. Do what you say. You mean. <laughs> yeah. I guess like yeah. Like walk your talk because you know natural calamities are going to come, which is something I used to think about. Everyone, that whether it's a world leader that presses a button, you know, that brings us into war, or it's a hurricane or a tsunami that comes and takes the lives of a hundred thousand people, who do you blame when it's a hurricane tsunami? You know, and mm -hmm. or if it's a leader that, you know, releases a bomb to the world and it kills 100,000 people, you might think it's the leader, but it's a collective. And what we have to begin to realize is that whatever you are going through and whatever you're thinking and whatever you're speaking and doing, it's a collective contribution. It's not mm -hmm. just you. Right. We're all connected. Yeah. Um. I, when we had a windstorm here a few years ago that was so bad that um, a lot of cell towers were out. And I remember that is, you know, when there's a tragedy, it's one of my biggest fears is like there, there won't be a way to communicate with people. And uh, what you were saying, it was when I was envisioning what you were just, yeah. Oh, is that going to get one of these? What is that? So you have to get one of these phones. They oh my work God. on batteries that if oh. the iPhones get jammed or the smartphones get jammed, these phones can call 911 and get you to rescue. 
Oh my God. And it's called Spare One, S-P-A-R-E-O-N-E. Yes. Yes. Emergency Kit yes. Spare One, everybody. She's showing right. me this incredibly adorable phone. But I'm telling you, I'm in Washington. We have to be prepared. <laughs> Um, but what I was imagining was that I was my own little satellite tower. Like when you're clear and you know, you, you don't need to call someone to find out what to do or where to go for yeah. comfort. You just know exactly. So even if the cell towers go on, go down, if you have that peace inside and that clarity, then you are your own little cell tower. <laughs> yes, yes. And it'll be interesting because we're getting... A lot of us are beginning to get a little bit off of social media this year and mm -hmm. we're feeling it like we don't need it. I don't need to see another person's face who I don't really know about what they're up to. And you have to think about it. How much are you going to look at somebody going, hi, oh, here I am. I'm at the beach. I'm doing this. I'm eating that. And I was saying to myself when I was looking at it the other day, I said, why do we do that? Like I was just questioning why. I mean, we post all of our events of what's going on and all of our activities around the globe because we have to, as a nonprofit, we need to let people know how we're using their money too. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and I'm just proud to say we um, organized 323 events in 2018. That was wow. huge for the staff. That is extraordinary. So, so, you know, that means they're posting a lot of information. Well, this is what happened at this event or that event. Anyway, long story short, um, it is imperative that we begin to build our power of intuition, which has so much to do with our mental silence and the practice of purifying the way that I think about myself and about others. One of the themes of my book is dipping into the past. <clears throat> and you were talking about cutting with the, 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 those aggravating triggering the algae right the, the, yeah. the algae from that that is evoked from the past triggers from the past right our childhood things that didn't get healed so tell me how how do you what do you recommend to people who you know i mean some people have had some very traumatic things happen and they're still being triggered you know 20 40 years later um by the past and they are i i, I mean i think that um, the, the election, I remember thinking we're all, all we, it's like, we are all laying out all of our childhood wounds after the election, right? Like, oh, that's that person's childhood wound. Oh, that's that person's childhood wound. It's like, we had little banners on our chest saying my childhood wound was abandonment <laughs> or my childhood wound was, was, um, abuse because we all have them. Every single human has the little pieces of themselves that were disengaged at a traumatic moment in their childhood when somebody near them couldn't help them navigate those emotions. So how do we deal with those wounds? I would almost want us to do an entire show on that. There's a lot recorded in the soul, which we call in Hinduism, sanskaras. In English, it's just your personality traits are, are recorded in the soul. And some of it, the ones that are impactful are the ones that were driven by the algae vibration because the algae vibration basically went against our purity and our power and our love. And that's the energy that's interfering in the way that I see things in the world today. 
And because it's recorded and it's wired so deeply in the consciousness of the soul, that's why the practice of silence is so important to be able to pay attention to the thoughts that are surfacing. And then the second thing is to be very honest if this thought is connected to the algae recorded in me or to my truth. Mm-hmm. You see, when you, when you ask yourself, who am I? You come to the conclusion that I know I'm a soul and I know I'm a good soul. But there are times I make choices that don't show that I'm good. And so that's the energy that's creating the complexities of the way our lives are unfolding. And so you need to begin to be very, very mindful of your patterns. And I've been saying about patterns throughout this conversation quite a lot. You see, you have to pay attention to what are the people consistently saying to you. Pay attention to what your friends, even your enemies say to you. Is it the same tone? Are they saying it in the same way? But just be be mindful and write that down. You know, be, just keep it in your book. Um, secondly, pay attention to when you are by yourself, where your thoughts are. What's your level of contentment? What's your level of discontentment? Where are you inside your head? What's going on? Because those thoughts are kind of sitting in a room like a bowl of cereal and nobody's sitting at the table eating it. So it's just there and you really don't know what to do with it. But there's stuff there. All I need to do is go in and, and dip in to find out, well, how does this taste? How does this feel? So you need to pay attention to what thoughts come in and out of your awareness when you're by yourself. The third thing is to check the way you feel when you're with people who, well, they really aren't your best friends. Check what thoughts you have when you're in front of their energy. And if those, neg- if those energies are negative or painful, then check that there is something within the self that's saying, I need your attention because mm-hmm. I need to put some more love here. Now, when you're with people that you love, it's free-flowing, it's your gift. Go for it. Keep riding on it. Keep flying with it. After the elections for me, Bridget, it wasn't necessarily what was going on presently that happened for me, but it was many, many lives of the past that came up. And what I started to feel or remember were the freedom fighters, the Mahatma Gandhis, the Martin Luther Kings, all the people that stood for justice and who didn't live through what Mm -hmm. they stood for in the world. And I thought, where are those souls today? And what are they doing? today and what i felt after the election was a betrayal of humanity and after i went through almost a year of really struggling with what has taken place which definitely signaled to me that i had spiritual understanding and stuff but not at the deepest level that i needed right mm-hmm. and after i figured that out i was able to move on and go okay i get it sometimes when you are able to figure out why you're feeling the emotions you're feeling. You can then accept it and move on. It doesn't mean they go away, but they do fade into the abyss when you accept, ah, that has happened. That's a part of me. Let me move on. It's the resistance that tends to amplify the issue. But I found that the acceptance of it gives me freedom of it. I love I love, I love what you just said about um, the same thing happened to me too at the election. It, that was my first thought is, oh, I have work to do if this is what we manifested. Like we all each individually have work to do 
um, it's time to step it up. Yeah, yeah, it is. I had, um, I was in India and I produced, I produced a meditation album where I went back to look at our constitution. I looked at our preamble. I looked at our Bill of Rights. I looked at the policies and laws. I looked at us as a country and I did a meditation album called Inclusion Revolution where I pulled the words from those sacred texts. Mm. And I tried to, I did the meditation to say, but this is what it means. We're all supposed to be getting along here. This is not where we belong. And so I met um, a, a hip hop artist called Joe Rob. And Joe Rob is a whiskey drinking, cigar smoking hip hop <laughs> artist. And his music is saying explicit. And he says, I tell Joe Rob, could you help me produce this album? I think you can do it. And he just looked at me like I was from another planet. And I says, I think you can do it. And he says, have you heard my music, sister? I don't do meditation. I says, I know it said explicit. I didn't listen to it, but I suspect you can do this. <laughs> this is my intuition working. It took, it took Joe Rob really some digging deep. And can I tell you, everyone, Joe Rob, to me, put together, lay down some powerful tracks, which was really for the Gen Z group and millennials. It's a meditation that I said to everyone, I want a meditation that keeps us inspired and keeps us going. Not the one that will zen you out and you just sit there and walk slow. I want people to be fired up and pumped up when they hear this. And we did that CD, Bridget, with the intention of a part of my healing that this is what the Bill of Rights means. This is what our constitution meant. This is what our founding fathers said. And I did it in the form of a meditation with a hip hop artist, someone that I would have never spent any time with. Wow. And I learned the power of inclusion, revolution, and I did it with love. Great. It was a powerful experience. And I invite people, talk to people completely different than your usual environment and become their friends you learn a lot about yourself what a great story okay so and that is available on is that available on your website available yeah okay america america meditating.org my new album entitled your inner world came about a year later which was like my healing and what it does it takes you through these four rooms of consciousness or five rooms of consciousness where it basically starts you from your state of innocence and then you start to change. And then at the end of the meditation, um, there was a room there which was all of light. It was an illuminated light. And it was the room that you would resist going into because the minute you walked into that light, you wouldn't hold any more of the stories that you were carrying. Ah. So it kind of symbolizes how hard it is for us to let go of our past because we've gotten so used to it. So the meditation takes you through all these different stages of feelings and experiences. But in each one of the rooms, Bridget, there was always God's light sitting there, just basically waiting and saying, if you need me, I'm here. And so that meditation we just released, I think, last week. Um, and that's available as well on my website called Your Inner World Guided Meditations. Wow, that is gorgeous. But that was okay. my healing one, you know, like, okay, now I need to see all the stages I went through to get back to my life and just keep going. I think it's important 
to hear that you are still growing as well and you're always looking to become better and better and better yourself even and as a leader i res i really respect that i respect that humility and that that eagerness to become more and more of the light it's beautiful you know, my friend ramdas a few years ago ramdas had a stroke and ramdas was a major guru in american history and you know, he was basically preaching to the choir and on the hill and on the mountaintop. And Ramdas gets a stroke. And Ramdas said, Do you think I remembered any of those spiritual enlightening words I told anyone? He says, The only thing I remembered is, Oh my God, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. And it became a second rebirthing for Ram because he was like, Wait, so what was all of that about? Mm -hmm. And I'll have to say that when I got into my spiritual awakening, my first five years, I'm sitting in my meditation room that I call Baba's room. And I remembered how people used to go wild over me. You know, They just thought there was so much light. There's something about you. We don't know. And, you know, you play that role. You're like, oh, wow, this is amazing. But I sat in front of God's light and I said, I'm not what they think I am. Mm -hmm. And this beautiful whisper, this beautiful whisper in meditation emerged and said i don't need you to be perfect i just want you to be honest mm. that was my freedom and that from that point on bridget was when i wasn't afraid of being imperfect as i moved towards my spiritual perfection i the um this is so yet again it's every single day i'm getting this message so i was talking about how i was editing the podcast that's going up on thursday and the the memoir Doug Siegel wrote, it's called Struck a Husband's Memoir of Trauma and Triumph. And his wife was hit by a bus and she broke every bone in her body. She should have perished, um, according to the doctors. And she's a vibrant soul today. She healed with the power of love, healed her for sure. And she was saying in this interview, that the biggest lesson that she got from this time is that she is enough just the way she is. She is enough. And I just, that word previously to me, uh, you know, I'm an Aries, I'm really fiery, I'm really creative, you know, like enough has never been one of my, that's been like a bad word to me. And, and it's so, so now I'm like really loving it and embracing it and embracing the Zen of enough. And also Jen Pasteloff, another friend whose book is coming out next year called On Being Human, her, one of her mantras is you are enough. You are enough. Everyone is enough. And that you, what you just said reminded me of that. And you're yet again, like that you're the third frying pan to hit the side of my face. <laughs> When you wake up and see you are enough. It's like, it, it's just taking us moments. We have to value our every moment. Um, we don't know when the experience of accepting exactly where we are with room to grow will take place. But prior to getting to that sense of deep conviction or confidence about the beauty of who you are, um, you will always, because I think we're, because we're souls, we will always feel like there's more. Mm -hmm. But we should, but we shouldn't confuse the more with being a lack. Mm -hmm. That's I good. Think, 
Yeah, I think we should accept that the more means I have reached such a plateau in my life that I, I, I think I can do more. Like I've reached a particular place, I can do more. And there's nothing wrong with that. So I think when we are watching ourselves um, moving towards more progression in our lives or acquiring more unique spiritual experiences or extension of ourselves in the world, not to feel that it's because I have issues, I don't have enough, I don't feel I'm enough. I think it's because you are enough that now the energy wants to thrust you forward and say, well, let's do some more then. Oh, and I think okay. that's, yeah, I think that's a really important uh, conversation to have with yourself now. I just got that. So then at the next, so you're thrust forward and then you're at this new moment, you're on at this new bottom of a new hill, beautiful, glorious hill that you're about to climb. And you're enough right there, even. You're enough at the bottom of the hill before you even climb to the next plateau. And then, okay, you're at this plateau now. Now, and you're enough again. Every step of the way, you're enough. Every single step. Oh my God, that just got me in the heart. Thank you. That was awesome. It's true. It's true. Well, Sister Jenna, is there anything else you'd like everybody to know before we say Happy New Year to each other and wish each other? beautiful rest of our first day of 2019 anything else you want to say to the superheroes out there to all the superheroes 2019 um, could you please practice honesty with yourself second humility with others and then third happiness with everyone and why I think honesty, humility, and happiness go hand in hand, the three H's, is that they help us to just appreciate the moments that occur on a regular basis. And we talked about not having any lack or, you know, it's just that the soul is an eternal, immortal energy. It was made in God's image. And God's image is the metaphor for the ocean of love. And if we can't express ourselves as, as an ocean of love, then we might be questioning to what extent am I remembering that I was made in God's energy. So we're in that age now, everyone. We're in that age of bringing the vibrations of uh, God's vibrations, God's powers in our being so they can be expressed in our eyes, in the way that we speak, in the way that we dress, and the decisions definitely that we make in our lives and so that's my wish for you in 2019 get a copy of bridget's new book that's my second <laughs> wish and, and get it and get it for a friend and pass it on to your friends and if any of you are ever in washington dc please stop by the meditation museum and oh tell us tell us about that please i need to hear about oh. that it's just a wonderful space. We have two spaces, one in Maryland, one in Virginia. All of the programs are free of charge. And each of the programs are just designed to have you embrace more, to be more for yourself without feeling like you're coming from a lack. And so it just focuses a lot on the main course, Raj Yoga Meditation, that we teach. And a variety of different, lots of authors and celebrities come here. We do a lot of book signings and take care of them. And because of my radio show, America meditating, then, you know, we're able to build a very, very strong community. So if you happen to be, um, you know, app on your app, you can download our Pause for Peace app 
and just listen to the American Meditating Radio Show. Pause. Often Wait, let's have. say that again. Pause, pause, pause for, peace. for peace app. Beautiful. Yeah. And just stay in touch. Just stay in touch, but keep yourselves up there. You've got to begin to pay attention to where these thoughts are taking you. And if they're not feeding your, your light and your better version of yourself, then they're feeding the algae. And that's why we're in this mess. And in order for me to be a part of getting all of us, all of humanity out of this mess, I've got to stop feeding waste and negative thinking. So just keep pushing in, pushing forward. Just, just leave your kryptonite behind. Mm. And just believe in the power that you have in you, which is based on all the good qualities that were gifted to you by the divine. Thank you so much for all of that. Oh my God, so many beautiful tips. You are so beautiful. I'm so honored to start the year with you and to, it, I feel like you just threw me into that ocean of love. Like, go, jump into it. There you go. That's so funny. <laughs> I love that. I'll be in California February, I think, around 7th to the 10th for the Global Dignity Forum. I'll keep you updated on that and see if I can have you join us. I'm sure you'll enjoy the atmosphere and the crowd. Oh my gosh, so beautiful. Lots of good wishes to you and all of your yeah. amazing fans. And just be kind to each other and raise your light so bright that when people are in your company, they feel inspired that they need to brighten up their light too. That was Sister Jenna. You can find Sister Jenna at americameditating.org and find her on Twitter at America Meditate, Sister Dr. Jenna. And doesn't that Global Dignity Conference sound spectacular? It sounds spectacular to me. I'm going to check it out immediately. Um, and I found it. It's worlddignityforum.org in Los Angeles, February 8th to the 10th. So thank you, Sister Jenna, for coming. Thank you, Superheroes. If you like the podcast, please run over to iTunes and give us a review. And also, wherever you subscribe to your podcast, feel free to subscribe. Lots of love. <laughs>